L.O.P. in the building My life been a movie, I should've filmed it Nicely with the pen game, pops taught me to spit game Get your cameras ready, we heavy catch when I'm in frame Product, opinionated, but I'm coming through smooth with it I be kicking back, you could Google it From the block to the booth, he the truth, just another lane lock I'm a Crown Heights legend, still repping the same block Whoa. You are now listening to the Life of Product Podcast. Yeah, what up, what up, man? It's the boy Product. You're now locked into the Life of Product Podcast. Shouts out to the people, man, to the listeners, to the streamers, everybody that rock with episode 84 and beyond, man. I appreciate y'all so much, man. The numbers is numbers is looking crazy. I was actually um checking the analytics, man, and, and checking out all the other countries. That are tuning in right now, y'all, y'all, y'all really tapping in with the kid. Never, never, never thought from the first day I started this, y'all was gonna go that hard and really be over here, over there, over there, really listening to the kid, man. So from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate y'all, man. Life is good, man. Life, life is good. It ain't great, but it's good. <laughs> I'm appreciative, man. Yo, um, shouts out to my son, man. We we have to go to his school tomorrow. And we have to sign his early graduation papers. I am, I am proud of you, kid. You are on the right path. Keep it going. There's going to be times where life get dark. You are going to make mistakes down the road. It's all good. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to do that. You've been doing great so far. Let's keep the run going. Yeah. Episode 85, man. Um, Episode 85 is titled, What Changed You? I know a lot of y'all probably listen like, what hasn't changed me? There's, when you really look at like the key events in your life that have either went left or right, and it left a dent in your life, it left a positive impact, you are not the same person that you were 10 years ago, and I've been telling y'all this, have you ever really looked back and be like, yo, what has changed me? Yeah. (laughs) Woo. A lot of things, man. A lot of things. Like, where where do I start? Should I go to the beginning? You know what I'm saying? Um, I've had key events that have changed me. Somebody I don't really want to talk about some I may never talk about some some of them will take a lot more courage a lot more energy a lot more um healing before I talk about because there's been a lot of things in my life I'm not happy about I still hold grudges about um I, t- I told y'all before years ago I got jumped when I was like 13 years old I used to play baseball I used to play for the PAL I used b- baseball was my outlet that was baseball for me um it was the thing that got me off of my block. You know what I'm saying? So you, y- y'all know, anybody that grew up in Brooklyn, y'all know the sports programs back in the 90s weren't the greatest. They weren't the greatest. Um, A lot of uh, the, the elementary schools I went to and the um middle schools I went to, they didn't really, we didn't really quote unquote have teams. Like it wasn't like that. Like I knew I knew people that went to school in Queens. They had that, all that. Um, You had to kind of go in like a city program to play sports or whatever. I wanted to play football growing up. There was no football teams at my schools. Um, I believe my I believe they had a basketball team, but I was not good at basketball. Um, I had a, I had a really good jump shot, and I had defense. So, but that's that's it. That's all I had. So I started playing baseball. I actually started playing baseball for the PAL, which was the Police Athletic League. Um, I'm not the biggest person. Um, I don't advocate for cops at all. But I played for that league. Um, and it was great. I played for like a year and a half. Had a trophy and all of that. I was an outfielder. Shouldn't have been an outfielder. I should have been a pitcher because I used to pitch at like a good 90-something miles an hour. I was nice with it. I was an outfielder. Didn't like it. Hated it. It was it was not for me. Not for me at all. So, um, I mean, I did pretty good. You know what I'm saying? I, I, my batting average for like 
70% of the season was a thousand. And I'm gonna tell you why. It wasn't, I was not, I could not hit the best. That's not why it was a thousand. And the reason is a funny story. The reason why my batting average was that great, the most of the season going towards the end is because a lot of the teams we played against, for some reason, the pitchers were all intimidated. They were intimidated against me. They would walk me, like literally walk me. So, I mean, it, it, it was great. And I, on average, I would score because I was a base stealer. I was nice at stealing bases. This was right around the time I kind of started getting into my um, losing weight phase. But even though I was a fat kid, I was a fast fat kid. And I, I watched a lot of baseball. And the, the funny thing about that, the team I played for, we was called the Yankees. So it was a little special. And all we wore was Yankee hats. You know what I'm saying? That's all we that's all we rock with. Um, going um into that, um, a kid I'm I am not cool with no more. We're we're the same age. I am we were we were really good friends, almost best friends at one point from the first grade. We if I see him today, we would not speak. That's who put me onto the team. And um, I loved it, man. It it was great. So I used to play in Lincoln Terrace Park, which was literally about two and a half blocks from my crib. Walked to the end of my block, walked to the end of the next side of Crown, and there was a little mini block right there. I think the street was Portal. It was like Portal Avenue or something like that, right right before you got to um Rochester, where the park was at. So it was a short walk, not even a five-minute walk. I'm at the park. I'm, I'm playing. I'm practicing or whatever. And shouts out to Coach Jimmy, man. I don't know if uh, Coach Jimmy is still alive. I don't know what he's doing. Coach Jimmy is one of the coolest dudes I ever met. He was actually a fireman. Let me tell you something. Co- Coach Jimmy loved two things in life he loves he loved the fire department and he loved baseball and the kids on his baseball team those was like his nephews man i remember playing baseball having games in different parts different areas we used to play in east new york brownsville all over brooklyn and coach jimmy would if if we didn't have parents at parents at the time that could pick us up or meet us coach jimmy would walk all of us home dog i mean all of us i remember one night coach jimmy um I was the last person to walk home. Coach Jimmy walked me to my my door, my apartment door. It was a lobby full of dudes. And I was like, yo, I was worried about Coach Jimmy. He was a tall, six foot one, six foot two, skinny Irish dude in the hood. Coach Jimmy was about that life. He didn't care. He will, he the you could be in the grimiest building in Brooklyn. He would make sure you made it home safe. That's how dedicated Coach Jimmy was. We and it, and it, what was dope about it, we ended up winning that season. I mean, I remember we got a trophy. We had a um, we had a dinner. We went to uh, we went to the Hard Rock Cafe. They paid for us to have a dinner, and I I didn't really like some of the kids on the team. But you know, you know, growing growing up in Brooklyn, I tell people you gotta be you gotta be special. You gotta have a heart of steel because these kids grow up in homes where they mimic their parents. And a lot of us New Yorkers, we tend to not be the most friendliest people. And in turn, New Yorkers who are not the most friendliest people tend to not have the most friendliest kids. You know what I'm saying? So you would think that us being on a team, we was like this and not. Nah, there was a lot of smack talking. There was a lot of fights that almost broke out. There was a there was a lot. It was a lot. But for me, I was already accustomed to that. I was already used to that. That was my outlet. You know what I'm saying? That was that was that was my way of not getting in trouble, not getting on in fights on Crown Street, not being around a rah rah like like my friend started smoking weed, all of that. Doubt baseball was my outlet and and if it wasn't going to be my outlet in life and long term it was going to be my outlet for the moment so the season ends we do real good we we were so good um most major we had a um what was it called? we had the all-star game and majority of our team was on the all-star 
uh, team. So I got to play. Not only did I win a trophy that season, I got to play on the all-star team. I got to play in the all-star game and we did our thing. It, w- it was mostly our team and kids because our stats, our stats individually were great. So it was mostly our team and with a, a few kids from other teams that were real, they were really good too. So we end the season. New season comes. Um, it, the, the second season I played, I didn't play the whole season. It wasn't so welcoming. It was not. It was. It was. It was actually one of the worst experiences of my life because I've, I've always tended to be an outsider. Like when when the second season started, me, I like to read a room. I would I would read the dugout, and these were these were honestly some of the most horrible kids I ever met in my life. And I met some bad kids. These kids was horrible. These kids was horrible. If you came to me right now, you said, "Oh, did X Y Z's happen in life and it's bad?" I would not even care. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm not saying I was bad on them was it was horrible so this is this 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 a lot of things in my life leading up to that affected me changed me but this one part particular event in my life it changed me and i can honestly say that it changed me so you know i'm going i'm going to practices every day we leading up to the games um i'm the outside on the team a lot of these these kids was playing baseball with each other before i started playing last year they was playing for years they was playing when they was younger mind you we like 13 14 15 years old they all rock with each other. I'm the outsider. They don't like me. I'm the kid from Crown Street. I'm the quiet kid. You got kids from Union Street, kids from St. John's Place, all that. So this was um, this was in the mid-90s, back in the hip-hop era. I was in the hip-hop heavy. This is around the time I started rapping. Nobody really knew I was writing. I used to listen to um Biggie's Life After Death every day, every single day. My, my pops had a, a, a banging stereo system. In the living room, it was amazing, dog. It was, it was. He was about that. Like we had the CD player hooked up with the record player. You could transfer um music from the CD player and the record player if you wanted to take cassettes. You know what I'm saying? So I used to, me being in the hood at that time, hip hop was a jewel. It was a gem. So I, I took my life after death CD, put the whole thing on the tape. You know what I'm saying? Every day in the dugout, I used to listen to my Walkman. Mind you, it was a cheap Walkman. It was, it was a little ten dollar Walkman. Or for Utica Avenue that I bought from Cards and Gift. If anybody from old Brooklyn, old Crown Heights knows anything about anything, you know Cards and Gift was on Utica Avenue. That's where I went. I got it. I paid $10 for it. Didn't even have a rewind button. Only had a fast forward button. So if you needed to rewind your tape or you wanted to listen to a song again, you had to flip it over and re- fast forward it. Kind of time it in your head. Put it back to the other side and see where you was at with it. That's what it was. So there was a there was a Panamanian kid named Mark. I knew Mark from the previous year when I played on the other team. We that wasn't my man's. We wasn't cool like that. And to this, I would I would love to see this dude. I oh, I would if I if I ran into this dude today, just know it is what it is. Um, me and Mark was the same age. Mark hit me with the okie doke. If you know what the okie doke is, you know what's popping. The yo, let me yo. Can I can I listen to you? I want to listen to it. I wasn't going to give it to him because I, I didn't rock with him like that. It was my time to go back or whatever. And I had to, after, with the turnover, I had to go from batting to uh, outfield. They put me back in the outfield, which I didn't want to be at. Let him listen to it. About hmm, maybe seven, eight minutes later, after, you know, we go up the bat to turnover, I play a little defense, come back. I'm like, yo, let me get my Walkman. Yo, I ain't got it. I'm like, come on, stop playing with me. Give me my Walkman. I'm getting mad now, mind you. People on the old team and this team, they never saw me really get mad. These kids used to say whatever. I used to keep my cool because I left my block 
every day, whether it was the summertime, whether it was after school to go to practice, to go to games, to get away from that. So imagine you leave somewhere to try to temporarily create happiness for yourself and you can't because the people around you are not happy. They want problems. They want to create problems and they feel stronger than you because you're by yourself. Mind you, I had a big family. I had a crazy brother, crazy cousins. None of these dudes know this. I'm there just to play baseball because at one point I wanted to play professionally. Son hit me with the okie doke. You ain't got your walkman. So I get up. I get. I stand over him and I flex hard like, yo, give me my walkman. I never seen that kid Mark scared in my life until that day. And to this day, it is his fault. Mostly slash partially this whole situation happened. So when, if, I, if I ask people what changed you, I'm letting you know I got jumped that day. That is what changed me. That changed me. So standing over, homie, all of, I was about to smack this kid or whatever. Mind you, I used to, I used, this is around the time um, I was boxing previously before that. This was right around the time I started doing judo. A kid pushes me from behind. It was a little short kid, <laughs> little short kid from St. John's Place. He was the shortest kid on the team. He was a, maybe a year older than me, if not the same age. Shortest kid on the team, the most smack-talking kid on the team. And I didn't know at the time his brother was and his cousin was on the team. I didn't know that. That's and I figured out later. That's why this kid felt like he was he could say whatever he wanted to say. Start. I used to see this kid start problems with people. Boom, boom, boom. I bet. Kid pushes me from behind. Mind you, there's no adults over there. All the adults, I don't know where they at. It's nothing but kids in the dugout. Mind you, one of the only adults out there was the coach. I hate that coach to this day. He was nothing like Coach Jimmy. This dude, this, this coach was in a stand-up dude. He used to curse the kids out on the team. He used to come in there, run his mouth, boom, boom, boom. I, if I seen this dude today, I would fight him. Yeah, I would. I'm going to keep it real with you. <laughs> Listen, man, don't criticize me. Don't, criti don't criticize me. This is how I feel. And I have a right to feel how I feel. Kid pushes me from behind. He was like, I got your sh called me the N-word. Well, you know what I'm saying? I said, oh, word. He pushes, this pushed me from behind. I turn around. He says what he says. Pushes me again. He want, the kid wanted to fight me. Mind you, I said, all right, three-piece the kid. I three-piece the kid and dropped him, dropped him. Nobody knew I had hands. Nobody knew that. Every I was the quietest, quietest kid on the team. Everybody's looking like, oh, everybody, everybody's quiet now. After I three-piece the kid, I grabbed him, throw him on the fence. We're tussling or whatever, whatever. Give him, giving this kid that work, I get punched from the the back, but on the right side of my jaw. Drop one punch. Drop. I get dropped one punch. I get right back up. I turn around. I see a kid that was on the team. Get off my brother. I'm like, yo. Now back in my mind, I'm like, I can't fight all. I can't fight both of these dudes right now in the dugout. There was too many people in the dugout. I had the one I just three piece. He's, I see him finally getting up. He was like kind of delirious. And I see the other dude. I say, okay, bet. Bet. So I take the fight to the dugout. So as I take the fight, I mean, I take the fight out the dugout. I was, we go to the middle of the, what's the name? I tripped. The, the brother that hit me, we about to start swinging. He catches me with like a floor sweep or whatever, whatever tries to swing. I duck the punch, but I roll. The cousin... I see him coming out of nowhere. He's like, you trying to hit my cousin? He tries to hit me with a bat. I roll out the way. I had a knife in my pocket. I grabbed a knife. I was about to pull a knife out. The coach saw me. Didn't stop the fight. He was letting all three of these dudes try to jump me. They're literally basically jumping me in the, in the middle of it. 
Didn't say nothing when the kid swung the bat at me. Didn't say nothing when the kid hit me from behind. Didn't say nothing about the Walkman. When I put my hand in my pocket and he saw me grabbing a knife, he gives me this look like you better not pull that knife out. The, uh, there was a voice in my head and the voice in my head honestly was like, don't do it. I walked away from the fight. Walk, I walked away from it after that. Some, sometimes you have, to, you have to know when to take an L and to walk away from certain stuff because it's, it's, not, it's not appropriate. If I would have pulled that knife out, one had a bat, one already rocked rock one of them. He was kind of like falling, falling back. I'm fist fighting the other one. What would have happened if I would have pulled that knife out? What would have happened? It would have been really bad. Now I would have had to re-engage and fight two people, one with a weapon bigger than mine, stronger than mine. Mind you, a knife could have did a lot of damage. I would have took the hit with the bat. I could have stabbed the kid, but where would I have? Where would, in the back of my mind, I, I said to myself, if I stab this kid right now, where am I going to be at? That that event changed me. It ch it changed my perspective on a lot. I became, I became a very, very cold person after that. And I'm not going to lie that that coldness is still there. Jay is the boy Product Life of Product Podcast. We will be right back with the second part of the show. Shouts out to Anchor FM for the sponsorship. I love all y'all. Thank you for the distribution. We will be right back. Jay, what up, what up, man? It's the boy Product. We're now back with the Life of Product Podcast. This is episode 85. Shouts out to Anchor, man. Shouts out to the YouTube subscribers. Shouts out to the, shouts out to the streamers, the supporters, family, friends, um, newbies. I love all y'all. <laughs> I love all y'all, man. Thank you so much, man. This is episode 85. Episode 85 is titled, What Changed You? And um, so in the first part of the show, I was talking about when I got jumped when I was like 13 years old. I got and, and oh and that fight that fight took place in Albany Projects the the park the baseball park in Albany Projects mind you none of us was from Albany Projects I've been to Albany Projects plenty of times I got family in Albany Projects before I had family that moved there I had friends before that and after that that lived in Albany Projects I've been to Albany Projects plenty of times none of them was from all the peas over there they was all from outside of it so you know I think I think a lot of people don't think about what could happen the kid. The, uh, and the, the funny thing is, the kid that that who I let hold the, the Walkman originally, he looked scared the whole time. The kid looked scared the whole time. The kid who who escalated the situation, he got taught a life lesson that day. He got so he got taught a serious life lesson. He got taught a serious life lesson that day. He, you know what? And, and people could look at it like, yo, 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 he's got jump. He got jump. You got three pieced. Mind you, I wasn't a small kid. I wasn't the tallest kid, but I wasn't a small kid. Not only was I not the small kid, I I, I punched very hard. I, I hit this kid so hard, I, I punched this kid like I was trying to swing through a, a, a sheet rock wall. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all have to, whether you're 13 years old, whether you're 30 years old, you have to understand two things. One, everything comes with a consequence. Two, you will be held accountable for everything that you do. That situation, me being jumped at that age, it changed me. It changed me after after the fight, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm walking away. I ended up running. I ran I ran to a, a store, like down Schenectady Avenue. And I ran to the store. I had to use a payphone. I called my mother. And I ran into the store and I grabbed the payphone. And, and the owner was like, yo, yo, what are you doing? I said, yo, I just got jumped. I got to call my mother. He was like, yo, get out. You can't use my phone. Get out. Mom, you're a whole adult. You're a whole adult. And I'm telling you, I just got jumped. I'm a kid. You should You should be ashamed of yourself. I hope your business is done after that. There was two old dudes sitting in the store. A lot of y'all know, man, Brooklyn, back in the day, there would be random people sitting in the stores. Two old dudes reading the newspaper. 
And one of the old dudes, instead of extending his hand and saying, yo, let me help you, he goes, nah, that was my son. I'll make him go back out there and fight all of them. Fam, what do you think I just did? What do you think I just did? And my this situation, it really changed me. It changed how I look at people. It changed a lot of stuff. I became a very cold person. Very cold person. The world is cold. I'm not about to be out here warm and hot or giggity. No. Mm-mm. You want to get cold, we can get colder. We can get frostbitten, fam. I don't care. We can go negative 10 degrees. That's the type of time I'm on. That situation changed me. You, you, um, it's funny because about, about a year and some change after that, maybe about two years after that, right? Right, right before I moved um out of Brooklyn. I'm, I'm in Wingate. I'm a freshman. Right before I moved out of Brooklyn, I was in Manhattan one night. Anybody know Crown Heights? Y'all know back in the day, the three train that's on um that's on um Eastern Parkway. Utica Avenue stayed open 24 hours. Schenectady Avenue closed after like, what, two, three o'clock, something like that. So it was kind of like, if you came off the train on that, people used to call it the dark side. Like if you walked out of the Schenectady side station and you walked on the side where um, the other side of Eastern Parkway, like if you go into a St. Um, John's and all of that, that was that was like the dark side. So this is the Metro car era now. We're not using tokens really no more. I'm coming from Manhattan one night. It's a Friday night. I flex on the train, jumped up to Manhattan. I got home like around 7, 7.30. Train comes into the station. I got a hoodie on, book bag on. I'm walking up the steps. I see the kid that escalated the whole situation. He doesn't even see me. I'm, I, said, I stopped. I said, oh, this is such and such. I'm standing maybe about seven, eight feet behind him. I'm, I'm acting like I'm about to, because they had the machines where you could swipe your card and check your balance. He's swiping it for like a minute. I can literally hear his brother and somebody else up with the string up at the steps. Like, yo, hurry up, yo, hurry up. We've been waiting for you like two minutes. Hurry up. The kid didn't know I was buying him. He like, nah, no, the machine messed up. I had a knife on me. And I had the knife in my pocket, and my hand was gripped on it. And all I could see was me stabbing this kid in his head. This is a true story. I didn't do it. Didn't do it. That little voice in my head said, Don't do it, Marquis. Every there's been a lot of situations in my life where I almost jumped off the ledge. And a little voice in my head, and I credit all of this to God, he said, don't do it. That voice in my head said, don't do it. And I literally sat there, even after I decided not to do it, just sitting there thinking of other things I could have did to this kid. I could have did this kid dirty. I could have did him dirty and literally walked off with no consequence. They would have never known. See, back then, they didn't really have the camera systems that they have now. And they didn't, I don't, I, to my knowledge, I don't think they had cameras because other stuff happened in the train station those years. We never seen no footage of it. And with me having a hoodie on and the way I came off the train, I used to always walk with my head down and my headphones on. Can't really see who I was. So I could have really, really did this kid dirty. Funny story, man. Um, A few years after that, and I think I told y'all this story. Uh, a few years after that, um, I came back to Brooklyn to visit me and my brother. Um, I'm driving through Brooklyn and I see the brother. I see the brother and I was about to hop out and give him that work. And I was talked out of it. I was talked out of it. A few years after that, when I moved back to Brooklyn, me and my mother, we used to have a really good relationship. I was, I was never a mama's boy, but we were very close. And she knew the situation with me getting jumped. And I told her about it. It was just on my mind because it, it affected me for years. That being jumped affected me for years, right? So I told her about the situation and she was like, yo, she said, yo, um, I didn't know if you knew this, but he got killed a couple years ago. And I was like, wow, this, this was, a, I forgot how many years ago this was. 
But she said, yeah, he got shot. Somebody shot the brother, the oldest brother. Do I feel anything about it? No. <laughs> I really don't. I, I really don't. I really, And I'm not saying this to be mean, but I mean, y'all did what y'all did. Um, Another funny story. I forgot how many years ago it was. I'm, you know, social media is a thing, right? Social media is a thing and, and it's a thing. So I forgot how many years ago. I, I wake up one day. I'm checking my notifications. I get a friend request. I get a friend request from the kid who escalated the situation after I gave my Walkman to the Panamanian kid. And I'm sitting there like it it I don't to this day, like and I and I'm like, fam, I know I know you know who I am. I know you know who I am. I might not have the braids no more. I might be a little taller. But I know you know who I am. I can literally look you in your face. Even though you are not the same kid. Look, you're not a kid no more. You're a grown man. I can look you in your face and tell you are who you are. So I did a little snooping like we all do. We all do a little snooping, right? I know I never I never confirmed the, the, the friend request. It's literally sitting there. I left it there purposely. Did a little uh, 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 snooping. And apparently the dude is on some type of love life journey calling everybody bro love and light peace be with you and stuff i don't buy none of that maybe he is on it maybe after his brother getting killed he it changed his life maybe he experienced things in life that changed his outlook hopefully he did ha whoop-de-doo that's great but ain't no love on this side ain't no love on this side i three-pieced you when we was younger i got another three-piece for you if you ever want it again and I, I, I think is and the, the funny thing is we actually kind of know some of the same people. I'm not from that block. I've been on that block plenty of times before that and after that. Nobody touched me. But my thing is, I, I guess you could say maybe I haven't healed from it. I've accepted it. I don't have to heal from everything I've went through. No, because I'm not going to give people that satisfaction saying, oh, we jumped him, but he's good now. I don't care how many years ago that happened. I don't. And I'm, al- I'm allowed to feel that way. I think it's a good thing I've never ran into him as a grown man. I, I didn't. I didn't really. I, the, the only time I ran into him after the situation, after the fight, was that time. And to this day, he doesn't even know I was behind him. He does. He said if if I, if he ever heard this podcast or if he saw me and I told him, he probably would not believe me. I was literally standing a few feet away from you, and you did not know. You had no clue. You had no clue, and you could possibly not be alive right now. So you need to count your blessings. So whatever love and light, whatever journey this dude is on from what I was seeing on his social media, that's great. Whatever you went through in life to get you there, that's great. <laughs> it is what it is. And this is what y'all got to understand. Y'all got to understand everything come with a consequence. You can't keep winning in life when you do stuff to people like that. You can't because there are people tougher than you. There's people that got more numbers, that got that's more stronger in numbers than you. There's people that got more guns than you, brother. They have they have more. They have more. I wouldn't even accept an apology from from dude for starting that. You know what I'm saying? I, you know who I would love this? I would love to run into the kid who I gave the uh the walkman to. I would, oh, I would I would love I would love to see him. You know what? People might think I'm crazy. I'm not crazy at all. I just feel like I feel like a lot of people such as myself that was in that type of situation, we are owed something. There's a sense of uh, 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 retribution or whatever. We are owed from people that have done things like that to us. You have. 
you have it is 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 messed up like you started a situation you stepped up for the fair one you lost and then in turn i get punched from behind i gotta fight you your brother and your cousin but that's how it is in brooklyn it's brooklyn baby but these these are the things honestly um if I had a chance to do all these things over again, I wouldn't because these these are the things that made me who I am today. They made me strong. They made me self-sufficient. They made me self-conscious and they made me humble and appreciative of the journey that I've had to take. Was it an easy journey? No, nah, it was not an easy journey. It, it was it was that right there. It, it took me a while as a kid to really, really get over that. It, it made me it made me become very edgy. It made me um always look at situations to where if there was a sense of confrontation with the person, I was ready to go, automatically ready. And I'm I'm somewhat still like that right now as a grown man. If I have a, a, a disagreement with somebody, I'm, I'm cool with walking away. I'm cool with keeping my cool. But that Brooklyn side in me is like, yo, son, get ready. Because I know what it is and I know how people are. And, and honestly, you y'all might think it's worse as a kid. It gets worse as an adult. Y'all might see adults seem to talk through things. Not that adult has way more potential to screw you over than that kid in a situation like that, just in different ways. It might not be in the same way. It might not be getting you jumped. It might not be that, but they have ways to screw you over. They could call the cops on you. They could lie on you, dirt your name, all kinds, all kinds of stuff that they could do to you. But um, geez, the boy product, life of product podcast. I really wanted to share that with y'all and, and let y'all know that whatever you've been through in life, you can get past it. If it was years ago, you can get past it. You don't have to. You don't have to accept it and be cool with it. But you can get past it. You can still maintain day to day. I maintain day to day. You know, there was a, well, at my in my early years, there was a point in life I thought about that every day. There's times I still think about it. And from my mouth to y'all is this: one day the show is gonna pop. One day the show is gonna be bigger than what it is. Even though it's grown, it's gonna be bigger than what it is. And um, to the kid, to the kid that that started that situation with with uh. Borrow my Walkman and, and playing that whole situation. Come see me, brother. Come see me. No matter of fact, don't come see me. I, if you if you do come see me, it's gonna come with a consequence. But I'm letting you know you the, the day I find you, my my radar is going off. It is because you owe me one, B. You owe me one. And, and to the dude who escalated that situation, I don't know where your life is at, but congratulations. G is the boy product life of product podcast episode eighty five. What change you? Shouts out to the people. Shouts out to the supporters. I'm out, baby. Gia.